Yo, it's a Tupac Music Podcast by DJ Scanless. Let's get it. All right, guys. So I know you guys are familiar with Tupac and Nas having some sort of beef back in 95, 96. And this is apparent on the Machiavelli album, which Nas is called out on Bomb First intro and the song Against All Odds. However, what you guys may not know is that Nas and Tupac actually squashed their beef right before Tupac got shot in September of 96. However, there's many different conflicting stories as to whether or not Tupac is the one that approached Nas or Nas is the one that approached Tupac that eventually led to this beef being squashed. So in various interviews, Snoop Dogg actually talked about the whole beef between Nas and Tupac. And apparently, Nas and Tupac met in a park right after the 1996 MTV Video Music Awards. Snoop Dogg's version of the story is that Nas was rolling with about 100 different dudes that were strapped and they approached Tupac in the park about the beef. However, we got this new article here on Hip Hop DX where Nas actually breaks down this moment and the title reads, Nas clarifies Snoop Dogg's version of the Tupac NYC beef story. So let's scroll down here a little bit on this article. Nas released his 12th studio album, The King's Disease, on Friday, August 21st. So naturally, he's doing press rounds. While speaking to Beats 1 host Ebro, Nas was asked about the rumored beef that he had with Tupac Shakur back in the day. Snoop Dogg shared his versions of the events on the episode Untold Stories of Hip Hop with Angie Martinez last September. But according to Nas, he didn't have the details quite right. Nas goes on to say, I heard Snoop told this story a few times, but he had it wrong a little bit. He said Pac stepped in me, rest in peace Pac. But he was in New York and it was a lot of tension flaring, right? And nobody was really there. I think he had gotten into it with the jungle, my brother, at the war show, the 1996 MTV Video Music Awards. I seen him backstage and I'm like, do your thing. And he was like, and you do yours. And then Nas went on to say that he couldn't really talk to Pac because Pac was about to go on stage to present an award. And then he said, but I'm walking backstage and I see him and I'm like, yo, all right, do your thing. And he said, you do yours. Because he knew where I was coming from. It wasn't all love. Because there was this rumor that Machiavelli was coming out. So I was really wanting to check the temperature with him, but it turned up. My brother and them. They seen him and the Outlaws. Shout out to Outlaws. And they had some words or whatever. So here's actually a brief clip of Nas breaking this down. Shout out to Hot 97 for this clip. I, I heard um, Snoop tell the story a few times, but he had, it, he had it wrong a little bit. He had said that Pac stepped to me. And um, rest in peace, Pac. But, you know, he was in New York and there was a lot of tension flaring, right? And nobody was really there. You know, they was chess, they chess was out, they was doing their thing, death row signs, so we had to go and step to them. And was there a real conversation between you two that, that quelled it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we had a great convo, man. He was like, you know, he explained that he thought I was dissing him and he, he thought, and I... On, on the song, The Message. You know what I'm saying? He thought I was dissing him, and um, I heard that he was dissing me at clubs. And Oh, straight out of the gate, he thought the fake thugs, no love, right? The first line of The Message? Wow, I never even knew that that was a thing. Wow. Last person I, I was even thinking about when I when I wrote that record, just right, I was just going. You know what I'm saying? It was just going at everybody. I was like, well, I heard you was coming at me. I said, no, nah, it wasn't about you, but I heard you was coming at me, and, you know, back and forth, and it was like, yo, Nas, we brothers, man. We... We're not supposed to go through this. And um, and I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so we we had a we had a plan to squash it in Vegas. So I was out there when he was in the hospital mm. and, uh, praying for him to, to come through. But, you know, rest in peace to Pop. So like you guys heard, obviously the beef stems from the song The Message. And the opening lines, Nas says fake thug, which you guys know back at that time, everybody from the East Coast was popping off about Pac 
you had Biggie, you had Mob Deep, you had King's Son, you even had DMX disc Pac on a freestyle. Everybody was going at Pac. And maybe that was a good power move by a lot of East Coast rappers that were still trying to make a name for themselves, such as DMX. But also Pac was going against mostly anybody that was associated with Biggie at this time. So there was a lot of talk that Nas wanted to actually work with Biggie. And that could have been the main reason as to why Tupac has some type of animosity against Nas as well. The same reason as to why there was most likely a Jay-Z and Tupac beef as well. as what you hear through several unreleased songs that eventually came out. Anyways, I don't think this was the true start of the beef. It possibly was. This also could go back to the point that Nas's song Street Dreams uses the same sample as Tupac's All Eyes On Me, the actual song. And Tupac's version actually came out before Nas's song actually came out. And this was because Tupac actually heard the whole album because Nas's album actually came out in July of 96, two months before Tupac got shot and murdered. So not only you had the Message song, you also had the Street Dreams song that shared the same sample. And this led to actually Tupac recording unreleased songs that were then unreleased, this and Nas. So not only did Tupac record Bomb First, as well as Against All Odds around July and August of 96, he also recorded the unreleased songs War Games and Watch Your Mouth around July of 96. In War Games, he disses the firm, and then also in Watch Your Mouth, he talks about Dr. Dre not being able to get record sales while being associated with Nas. However, here's some other key facts. So after Nas used the same sample, which probably was just random, Nas' song was probably being worked on even before All Eyes On Me dropped because a lot of artists record for months on end, maybe even years. We don't know how far in production this album was in 94, 95, and 96. So it very well could just be random chance that they both recorded with the same sample. So Tupac did actually take offense to this and recorded a song called Friends, which sampled the same Houdini song that Nas used for If I Ruled the World. And this was also recorded for the Machiavelli sessions in July 96. The song ended up being scrapped, but what we know from the sound engineers is that Tupac actually recorded a totally different song using the same beat that he used for the original Friends beat, which sampled Houdini. And the song is called The World's Mind, which is an unreleased six minute disc song aimed at Nas. Now the song is not leaked at all, however, the sound engineer actually did an interview where he talked about the song. And he referenced that he actually listened to the playback of the song several times and he actually felt like the song was whack because Tupac was going in on Nas for around six minutes, basically stating that it was kind of repetitive. And he also detailed what Tupac was actually referencing in the track and he said that Tupac was all over the track saying that the world is his and not Nas. However, when you listen to the song, Nas is not even referenced in the song Friends. So there has to be another song in the vault somewhere that this is Nas over the same exact beat. And there's further documentation with this because when you look at the songwriter's USA database, the copyright database, there's a song from 1996 that's actually documented and copyrighted called The World's Mine, which also goes back to several songs that Nas was doing, If I Rule the World or The World Is Yours. And then also Tupac would use that same sample, however it would be a completely different produced beat by Johnny J for the song Troublesome 96. And this was yet again another unreleased song that Tupac actually planned for an album called 100% Black Gold, which he was working on after All Eyes On Me, but before the One Nation of Machiavelli sessions. Tupac did perform this song live at the House of Blues, and in the intro, he talks about taking Nas's beat and whipping his own ass with it. So this was the main thing that Nas was talking about, that he heard that Tupac was dissing him at clubs, because Tupac actually referenced Nas in the intro of Troubles from 96, the live version at the House of Blues in July 96. And then also there's the early version of the song One Thug's Cry that Tupac actually recorded way before the Machiavelli sessions. It actually had a different intro and outro 
And in the outro, Tuvok actually references Nas, basically detailing that Nas says something in the magazine talk about thugs and thugs stealing from one another. And Tuvok goes on to say that Nas needs to check himself because he's been stealing this thug shit for a while now. Basically implying that Nas was actually swagger jacking Pac. Swear to God, Nas had the house blues. I caught him out of pocket and everything. I was deep with my niggas. I know he had no gun. We could have rushed him right there. I was like, what's up, yo? I said, yo, East Coast, West Coast, so it's not about when we caught up. And I swear to God, we love that love. And I saw Wu-Tang. I saw Method Man. And like a couple months earlier, they, one of their niggas had got, um, he was in, in, in our club, 662, and somebody snatched the chain, you know, put hands on it. Got the chain back and found the niggas that nigga, that's love. This nigga Nas went back home and started talking that fake thug and dropping Jews and shit. And that's wrong. Because you should have said that to me when I was right there. He knew his house set off. And the nigga was like, don't do that. That means you're punk. So basically here we have Snoop saying that Nas rolled up on Pac and Nas had all these dudes that were strapped, implying that Pac was oblivious to the whole situation while Snoop was very much aware of it. In my personal opinion here, I really didn't like this line by Snoop because it actually made Tupac seem like a bonehead, like he was kind of reckless, that he let his ego get the best of him in this situation where he ignored everyone around him that had guns and he was outnumbered. So for me, I don't feel like this side of the story is very much accurate. However, Nas goes on to say that everybody was strapped, but he did go up to Pac and then approach him about the beef and they squashed it. And this coincides with other stories that were thrown out there by the outlaws, Hussein Fatal and Mutah, which was also known as Napoleon, as well as Death Row's chief of security, Reggie Wright Jr., which he actually did an interview with DJ Vlad on DJ Vlad's channel, Vlad TV, about the same very situation. Why was there a beef between Nas and Tupac in the first place? I think because of that song, the Thug Life, we still living it. Mm -hmm. And not only that, um, I think Nas got upset when Pac said something about, you know, um, um, well, Snoop there too, Sickle right? Cell, huh? Snoop, Snoop was there. He wasn't there like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Even though he said he wasn't like Snoop, he probably forgot how it really went down. I think he was there, but he wasn't there when it was about to go down. Mm -hmm. Like, cause Snoop only made it. I think I seen an interview where he was making it seem like only Nas was deep. Yeah, yeah. The recent one, yeah, he was like, like Nas could have talked, man. He, yeah, he must have forgot. Mm -hmm. He definitely forgot because I had a, from my hood alone. It was at least 30, 40, 50 of us, and we came with guns. We gave bags of guns to Suge and Death Row. If you and, and, and if you listen to an interview I did with Reggie, he was the head of security mm -hmm. of, of Death Row. He would tell you, I remember we was all in a limousine when we was leaving, and you was on the corner move with your homies, and Pop said, move, you good, and you lift your shirt at a 357. <laughs> I was walking around with a 357 on me, and half of my homies, 40, 50 of us, most of them were strapped. So when Snoop was like, he, he probably forgot, you know what I mean? Yeah, he when made he, it seem like... Behind you guys, there was people that like you guys hadn't noticed that behind you, Nas's people were nah, nah, had nah, you guys yeah. basically circled in. I like Nas, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I respect Nas. He like he he one of the few that I respect. Even even Snoop, Snoop was a good dude, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. I think he probably misinterpreted, it, but trust me, alhamdulillah, we think a lot didn't go that route because mm -hmm. it probably would have been. It, it would have been bad mm -hmm. because I'm sure Nas he was deep. He had his boys. They wasn't afraid. We're not yeah. trying to say like they was afraid. Him and Pac went face to face. So I don't really want this to be a video about me hating on Nas because I'm a big Nas fan. Do I like Nas better than Tupac? No. And obviously you can see that with my podcast, with my YouTube channel, my remixes, and everything else in between. Nas, I think hands down, is the far better lyrical rapper. 
I just don't think he has the same influence and relatability as Tupac's songs, such as Brandon's Got a Baby, Dear Mama Changes, and things like that. Tupac could relate to you more, even if you weren't the same race or brought up the same way in the same part of the world as well. Nas is still universally loved, but I don't think he's as revered as much as Tupac due to that matter. But that's just my overall opinion. Well, what's kind of crazy about this is that we kind of, you know, the Machiavelli album most likely would have had some different changes to it. I don't think Tupac would have removed his whole verse. I think, you know, he could have had that part where he talks about Nas, Wagger Jack and Rakim and the other lines in the songs. I think he could just punch it out. And what that means, they, they just go in, they put a little edit on it. And then Tupac comes back in and says a different subliminal line or general line about anyone else. But this is the main thing with the Machiavelli album, right? Because the Machiavelli album was actually oversawn by Tupac, right? So the way we have it is the last way that Tupac actually intended it for it to be released. However, this album was actually supposed to be released most likely around March of 97. So as you guys know, Tupac recorded like three, four, five songs a day sometimes. And this is why songs like Troublesome 96, Unconditional Love, Baller, Dead Soldier, Lil Homies, great tracks, right? These songs never got released. And that's not because those songs sucked or not, because a lot of those songs, some of those songs are better than some songs on Machiavelli. You can make the case that Snaring Through My Rear View was way better than Just Like Daddy or Toss It Up and other songs like that. Same way you could say some songs like Tongue Kissing were way better than What's Your Phone Number on All Eyes On Me. So these songs were great, but Tupac recorded so much that he was just making tracklist after tracklist, swapping songs in and out because he just was recording so much every single day. So it's hard to say that if Tupac would stay live, if we would have got the same tracks on Machiavelli, it's very well possible that songs like Against All Odds would have been different. Either re-recorded totally, or the, some of the lyrics actually edited out, muted, and new words punched in. Which actually occurred on a different song, Hellraiser, which Tupac was referencing police officers, but Interscope made Tupac go in and basically redo parts of the songs. So if Tupac had to stay live, we very well may have a Machiavelli album that most likely would have a different version of Against All Odds and maybe songs like Just Like Daddy or Toss It Up maybe might not even make the album because he would have recorded new music. There's also common belief here that Nods was actually going to work with Tupac on a, his One Nation album, which was a album that Tupac was working on right before the Machiavelli album, but he had plans to revisit it after the Machiavelli album. And it was mostly an album to calm the tensions between the East Coast and West Coast. And Tupac was recording music with East Coast artists around this time. To show that he had love and support of the East Coast. So he was actually working with artists such as the Boot Camp Click. Also had songs with Scarface and Bone Thugs and Harmony. And also wanted to do songs with Mary J. Blige, The Roots, as well as Outkast for this album. So what we have is we have around 15, 16 tracks, I believe, from the One Nation album. And lyrically, they are completed. Well, like I said, it's hard to say if some songs would have been scrapped if Tupac would have revisited it. Or if he would have recorded songs with Mary J. Blige and Nas. If those songs would have overtaken other songs on the album. Or been placed with those tracks. So we kind of got robbed as a Tupac fan, as a Nas fan from a collaboration. And Nas would have been the perfect artist to have on the One Nation album if Tupac was trying to prove that the East Coast, West Coast thing was just something blown out of proportion by the media. And the East Coast, West Coast thing is something that the journalists and people are making up just to get paid off it so it can drag out. So they're perpetuating it so it could be drama, which I still love MTV, but when it all go down, don't look at me and Biggie and be like, why is there a big East Coast, West Coast war when you're, you're shooting this to 30, 300 homes, 300 countries, telling them about an East Coast, West Coast war that they would never know exists. So that's where information becomes a problem. When and MTV if it did, if it did exist, if it did exist, Pac, we wouldn't be here. So right. And if it exists, you know how we we'll be sitting in New York 
talking about it. We'll try to be better um, role models, and y'all try to stop putting that drama out there. You got you got a lot of power, a lot of responsibility. We both do. We both need to exercise greater restraint. Now, cool fact here: Tupac and Nas actually appear on the same song, "Thug's Mansion," right? But actually, that's actually a remix. Both versions of "Thug Mansion" on the Better Days album are remixes. So Tupac and Nas actually did not even get the chance to record a song together. However, there is a song that you can find online, well, two songs, where Tupac and Nas actually rap over the same beat and it's actually the same song. However, parts of it were recorded at different times. So the Tupac song I'm referring to is a song called Don't Stop Keep Going. This features Daz and Krupp from the Dog Pound. The original version of that actually has Nas on it that was recorded a year before that Tupac actually got the track and was able to lend his vocals on the song. So you can find a version with Nas and you can find a version with Tupac. However, there's no version of them together, which hopefully one day, you know, Nas or Tupac or his record label will find both versions and merge them. I think that'll be a solid song for hardcore hip hop fans to have. That's probably the best type of collaboration that we can ever have between these artists. For me, I feel like Tupac actually admired Nas. He was a genuine Nas fan. It's common belief that when Tupac was actually riding with Suge, on his way to the club after the Mike Tyson fight before he got shot, it was actually bumping Nas's It Was Written album, as well as the early version of the Machiavelli album. So I feel like Pac was definitely a Nas fan. And Nas actually did an interview a couple years ago where he said that Tupac was like a god, which me, I don't think he meant like supernatural. However, his words were kind of supernatural and could affect anybody on any level and really transcend time because we see how his music still makes an impact so many years after his passing. After Hit 'em Up came out, right? You know, or, or not so much Hit 'em Up, uh, the other one. Uh, Machiavelli. Yeah, uh, as the Machiavelli album. Some people wanted you to respond too. Well, well, he he passed. He passed when I heard that he was he had something about me and Machiavelli. Um, but we talked about it, and he was like, he would he would take it out after me, after me and him met, and and uh, again, and, and we saw each other. We had voiced out our opinions on everything. And he said, I'm cool with taking that out. He's like, yeah, I got that on my record going at you. And, uh, but he passed, we was going to meet. He passed uh day before my birthday, September 13th. Yeah. We was going to meet in Vegas. I was in Vegas and it rained in Vegas when he passed. That was, that was a trip. But yeah, man, um, no, was, I have way too much respect for Tupac, way too much, man. He's, he was like, he was a God, man. All right, guys, that's it for me breaking this down. How do you guys feel about this? Do you feel like Nas and Tupac would have made great music together? That's one thing about hip hop. Everyone says that this hip hop beef was for record sales. Tupac was already selling crazy amounts of albums before All Eyes and Me and before this beef with Biggie. And I believe like there was way more money to be had, you know, to be made if Tupac and Biggie would have came around, squashed their beef and made an album together. And the same thing with Nas and Tupac. If they would have made an album together, I think it would have taken their careers to the next level, even though they were already big time artists at the time. And that's something we don't really see in hip hop where two big artists come together for the same album. All right guys, so like I said, let me know how you feel about this. Do you think Tupac and Nas would have made music together, whether a song or an album? Do you think Pac punk Nas? Do you think Nas punk Pac? Let me know. All right, it's time for that outro. You know what time it is. It's your boy DJ Scanless, your favorite DJ's favorite DJ. And I'll catch you busters on the flip side. We out, deuces.